0: Welcome to the GNT show.
1: All right, welcome everybody to another week of the GNT show where we are now covering off the world's greatest soap opera. It's been running longer than days of our lives, the NRL. It's been another massive week in the world of the NRL and once again I'm joined by my colleague and host with The Most, a man who has been single-handedly protesting outside Cannery Leagues Club <laughs> about the shenanigans going on over there. G, how are you this week?
0: I'm good. Um, I'm keeping busy with the protesting. It's um, taking me away from my main focus and looking forward to a little bit of bulldog drama, off-field drama. Can't can't beat it.
1: You were good on the field this week. Is it true that George refer refers to you as the deal maker, Mark? Too
0: oh, of course. I just I, I'm the deal maker. Bro. Of course, yes. <laughs> okay, I hold so, all the numbers in the board elections. Oh, excellent, God. excellent. So if if,
1: if you're an, if you're a doggy supporter out there, you know who to blame for all the things going on at Canterbury Town. <laughs> yes, Bankstown.
0: Dez Hasler. It's
1: it's, <laughs> it's 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 been another massive week in the world of rugby league. Blink and you miss it. The NRL today, Andrew Abdo had to let go of 25% of the staff. They've got about 400 staff, so there was 100 redundancies. They've projected a $130 million loss this year, and they're trying to cut $50 million of headcount costs out from head office. Aiden Fanua-Blake has, you know, in inverted commas, has to leave urgently to to join the Warriors. That that looks like it's going to be announced in the next 24 hours. The Redcliffe Dolphins look like, they, they keep saying they've got $100 million to be the second Brisbane team up there. Roger Tuovasa-Shek looks like he might be going to Rugby Union or potentially going to rugby, league, rugby Union. Ricky Stewart had his argument with the referees, his annual argument with the referees ahead of the semifinals. It's taken um, long enough. Don't let anyone say this is contrived. Ricky Stewart could have an argument with no one else in the room. I think we're all aware of that. Um, he would find something to be angry about that he's done to himself. Where do you want to start this week with what's happened in the world of Rugby League?
0: Look, I I think um, it's sad to hear all the jobs that are going. Uh, It's a tumultuous time in general, economy-wise, so it's sad to hear people are being let go. Um, But I would imagine Todd Greenberg and Nick Weeks took up 80% of that $50 probably, by the sounds of it. Sad to to hear that. Um, Interesting comment about the Redcliffe Dolphins. You know, I mean, it's a bit of a shock. Where are they going to get this $100 million from?
1: Well, apparently they've already got it. That's what they're saying. They've already got it.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Well, if you watch the Super Cup, it doesn't look like they've got it. So what's... They're not (laughs) spending it on the
1: playing talent.
0: Well, obviously not. Um, Something's going on. There's just so much stuff happening. I think it's a bit sad to hear RTS is thinking about going to rugby. But, you know, I mean, you've been to New Zealand for work in the past. I have... And, they're, and you speak to any New Zealand colleagues and they're just rugby fanatics, even guys that like rugby league. So, you know, it's, it really is a big thing for any Kiwi youngster to play for the All Blacks. So, And I guess, you know, he's won a comp and everything else in the NRL. Like, what else has he got to achieve? In-
1: well, rugby league in New Zealand is really, really centralised in southern Auckland. It's, it's really popular in South Auckland. It's basically not popular anywhere else vast majority of the playing staff and those types of things or the playing cattle and all, all the players come from south auckland the the big issue with roger to that's been reported is that you know we've we've said on the podcast allegedly he's really missing home he's got a young family newborn baby at home he wants to be in new zealand it does look like the warriors will be based out of australia next year again is that right if that's what they're saying. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's
1: the reason why he wants to go to rugby union. He wants to live in New Zealand. He wants to be with his family. Apparently, he's going to halve his salary going to rugby union. He's currently on a contract of about one point one million with the Warriors, again allegedly. Um, and I think the most rugby union can pay him over there is five hundred and fifty thousand. So, he's, so money for once in rugby league, money is not the motivating decision here.
0: No, and I, I did read during the well the back end of last week that he's. His partner was happy that they'd lost and they weren't going to the semi-finals, So it just tells you how much they've missed each other and their family. So, But very interesting. That's a massive cut um, in salary to change codes. And somehow the Roosters aren't involved for once. So it's good to see.
1: Well, they're, they're d- <laughs> our mate Kutz has told you to go easier on the Roosters. <laughs> what was it? it
0: used to be called the Ricky Stewart Discount.
1: The Ricky Stewart discount. So I I think the Auckland Warriors are still trying to keep him. And the way they're trying to keep him is I think next year they're going to move the families over to Australia. Now they haven't decided, I think they're going to base them out of Queensland rather than the central coast and that ill-fated and magnificent trip to Tamworth. I still don't know why they flew into Tamworth when they first, first got I
0: to They wanted to take photos of the sign, you know, the ground, the Tamworth sign.
1: I don't understand why, why they flew into Tamworth. It's just such an odd thing. Now, of course, the one thing we didn't mention in the lead up or the intro to the show was the goings on at the dogs. It looks like there's going to be an EGM this week. Fortunately, your team played really well. I thought you guys deserved to get a, get over the bunnies, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about that later. What is going on at the Dogs this week, G?
0: So that's a, that's reported EGM, so definite?
1: No, it's not reported. It's rumoured.
0: Rumoured, okay. But they, they,
1: only need, they only need 100 signatures, don't they, to get the EGM called?
0: Not many. Obviously, we've seen the articles in the paper the last couple of weeks, so, I mean, the odds are if there really is a movement behind the scenes to get one called, it probably will happen. Um, it'll be interesting to see what I suppose the the conditions are that they want the membership to vote on. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of um, you know you have friends that are fellow fans and things like that and football club members, there's a lot of unrest in the background. So as to what the specific purposes of the EGM are, I'm not sure, but you know it comes to a head, you know sometimes you know if clubs are uh, playing well and winning on the field, you could probably be in the background doing God knows what and no one really cares.
1: Winning papers over everything, right?
0: It does. And as soon as now you start losing, all of a sudden what you probably were doing two years ago becomes an issue. It will be interesting to see. It just looks like it's going to happen, you know, with all the deal makers involved in the paper. <laughs> so, Just a shambles.
1: Is it, is it true you're on a ticket with Jim Dimmick?
0: <laughs> I think I might give Jim a call and come down and take things over. I would be amazed if Jim Dimmick takes your call. Hey, my, my, I do have a family connection to Justin Holbrook, so you never know.
1: Yeah, Justin Holbrook, it's a very 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 Lebanese name.
0: Very. He's just he's changed it to um he's anglicized it.
1: Yeah, he's apparently he's from a village in in the mountains up north in Lebanon.
0: That's what everyone says. Yeah, so Jamal,
1: Jamal Holbrook. Jamal <laughs> <laughs> so Moving on to the magnificent round of football that was round 19G. What a we we thought it would be diabolical and re, it really lived up to expectations. I, th- I thought
0: t- you were about <laughs> to say what a waste of time then. It
1: was a terrible round of football. Ironically we're starting off with the the best game of the round which is I think that's the first time this season we've said that about a Bulldogs game. And let me just do a quick intro into the Bulldogs You're not enjoying
0: game. you're not enjoying this very much this week are you?
1: No, we're going to skip right through it, actually. We're not, we're not
0: giving introduction this week. We're going to skip right through
1: it. Uh, the, the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. So in between infighting, Canterbury decided to play. It was Steve Georgialis' <laughs> first first win in the seven weeks he's been coach or interim coach. So fa- congratulations to Steve Georgialis. Um, Souths did win the last 50 minutes, 16-6, but, but overall, the Bulldogs deserve to win. They dominated the first 28 minutes, particularly after Jaden Sewer got Sinbin for uh, hitting Lachlan Lewis high, which, which I thought deserved to go to the bin. It was a high shot for me. I know there's been a lot of controversy during the week. I thought... And I, and I do want to raise this point with you. I thought both Remus Smith and Tim Lafayette ran really hard. It was easily their best game of the season. So they've injected HGH into the into <laughs> weekend at Bernie's there, Tim Lafayette, to get him to go.
0: It, it must be the dealmaker in the background. That's right. God, uh, whoever that guy is. Geez. I
1: mean, South's try, one of South's tries through Jackson Polo, he had his foot in touch. So, I mean... I'm going to get to this point a bit later as we go through the camera (laughs)
0: game. This is your bunker rant, isn't it? Uh,
1: It is my bunker rant. We really need need to work out. Can't the video ref just say, hey, man, his leg went out? Exactly. How best to use the bunker? I mean, I feel like Phil Gould's making the right point in the wrong way. I mean, he goes on a rant and he goes off on his, oh, that hasn't been obstruction for 50 years. These guys don't have a feel for the game. I don't necessarily agree with any of that stuff. The bit I do agree with Phil Gould on is it's process over outcome. Yep, the, the 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 way the bunker and the way the video ref set up in in rugby league. So so what they're concentrating on is the process and relying on the outcome. Now that that it'll take care of itself. Mate, call what you see. If the video ref, whether it's been called up or not, before the guy takes the kick, you've seen the foot's in touch. He might not have called the video ref. Just go, ref, before he takes the kick, his foot's gone into touch. Give it as a no try. Like I just think there needs to be a little bit of common sense into this. Um, Jake Avarillo, again, was great in the halves. Mate, he is worth persisting with. You know, I don't know what you're going to do with Blake Green and Chad Townsend, but Avarillo in the halves might be worth persisting with. The second-half defense by the Dogs was great. Josh Jackson's best game of the season, last-ditch defense, and was clever in the second half, slowing the play of the ball and giving away penalties at the right time.
0: Thought he was gonna get Sinbidden on that one, but So did
1: I, so did I, but he did it more than one once. Jaden Ockenborough was fantastic, two try assists, two line breaks. Jaden Ockenbour also ran for two hundred and thirty-six meters. Aiden Tolman and Fatala Mariner were also great. The Bulldogs completed 34 out of 37 sets. That they held onto the ball, they looked threatening, especially in that first 28 minutes. They had good defense in the second half. They kinda took it's the first time this season they've kind of taken the best of Georgialis and Pei. So I thought they were really good. For Souths, I think they took the dogs a bit easy. Oh yeah, thought they would come in over the top. Even when they were down twenty nil, they thought, "Oh, we'll put a few tries on here. We'll get
0: this game still." What does that say about my team? Hey, we're only down twenty nil. We can get these guys <laughs> far out.
1: So, uh, and I think Damien Cook's now playing well, uh, and along with Campbell Graham. I mean, he. We're going to do our team of the season next week, and and Campbell Graham's going to be one of the players we talk about in the centre position, right? Along with Zach Lomax, two two standout really players this year in the centers. Cody Walker had a mixed night for Souths. He looks dangerous in attack, but he did miss five tackles. I mean, that's what I saw in this game. Great win. Third win of the season off the bottom of the table. Congratulations. This is your window after weeks and weeks and weeks of copping grief on this show for you to... To, to actually bask in the glory of what your dogs did on the weekend.
0: I can't believe they won, to be honest. To be honest. Look, I, I did think they played really well. Again, you, you made a good point about Remus Smith. That was one of my notes. It's actually the best game I've seen him play in a long time. He, he was really determined and sort of... He was strong carrying the ball. He was strong carrying the ball, but from the beginning. And he got a little bit of space. So I think he's one of those players, if he gets in a bit of space... Every now and again, he gets... It's like you got to keep him engaged in the game, if that makes sense. Like, if he's just out there making up the numbers, he doesn't touch a ball, he kind of... I wouldn't say loses interest, but he, he loses a little bit of energy. Um, so, it was good to see him. Um, Ockham Ball had a great game. Great game. Um, a good to build on for next season. You can see he's got a few little things to work on, but he was heavily involved. He was I mean, the way, the way ball, you guys like, are running, going,
1: you'll you'll drop him. Like, you'll release him before the start of next season the way you oh, are. Oh, yeah,
0: of course. I liked his involvement, and he was hitting the ball at pace, not standing still. Because he's not strangely like he's such a big guy, but he actually lacks quite a bit of explosiveness, if you notice, and you know top end speed. But um, but he was getting the ball moving. He, he created. He had a lot of breaks um, up in the air. He was great. We did score three tries from kicks.
1: Doesn't matter how you got him. Doesn't matter how you got him.
0: For us, great win. But I did think at the end there that South were going to come home and actually knock us off. I did too. Hopawati's strip of um, Jed Cartwright. I think if Jed Cartwright scores that try, I think we're done. Because Souths were making breaks everywhere. And we just ha- hung on.
1: But but you hung on, right? Your cover defence, your 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 scrambling in defence was really good.
0: You, you need a bit of luck here and there, so I think that was great. There was some magic stuff from Cody Walker um, in the tap on for South for Campbell Graham's. No, the first try, sorry, for Jackson Paulo's non try. But I mean, his hand...
1: No, he's been playing well. I think I think he's been playing well. And this week, I thought his attack was quite good, but. I mean, I mean this in the nicest possible way. I mean, we're going to go through this. This was a terrible round of football. This was the closest game of the whole round. Yeah, you know you can't take a lot out of these games, and we're going to talk a little bit about para and things like that. I think I think you know you just you just can't rule a form line through this at the moment. And I, and I think largely the same for this week, right? I just think, you know, I, we'll get to the sharks. I think other than the sharks, I, you know, I don't think there's a form line to be run through these teams. I, I
0: agree, um, but it was look, it was great to get a win. Win. They hung on. They really toughed it out, and I do think South didn't turn up initially, and um, it, it cost them the game at the in the end. Um, again, Cody Walker's looking great in attack. Defensively, I think that's where you you saw that they weren't quite there. In that game, but um, who cares? It was good to win, and hopefully the Broncos get the wooden spoon. So that's fantastic. That would be good. They've had all the luck for thirty years, mate. You know what? It'll be good to see them come last once.
1: I can't lose in this wooden spoon race, so I'm I'm very happy. <laughs> if the south, if south, if the bunnies played the knights now, who do you think would start favourite? Assuming they finish six and seven.
0: If you asked me two weeks ago, I, without hesitation, would have said Souths. And this is where some of these games can be deceiving. Like, Newcastle's played into a bit of form, but they're flogging teams that aren't really turning up. So
1: They also got toweled last week by the Roosters.
0: This is what I mean. It's like, uh, I don't know who i tip, to be honest. I still tip Souths. I think they're more experienced and I think they'd win, but I don't really know. I yeah. think that'd be a tricky pick, but fabulous win. It was great to see Steve george at the end get really happy in getting his first win. So um, a good game all around. Like you said, a couple of good performances. And um, it's good to see them have a win, you know. They've, they've toughed it out. And I think in Avarillo, we've got, you know, there's some real potential with that kid in the next couple of years. Hopefully he kicks on.
1: Well, I mean, he'll be, he'll be in reserve grade next year because you've got Blake Green and Chad Townsend. And <laughs> what, what this week's win over South shows for the Bulldogs is that, as what Jack Gibson said was absolutely right, winning starts with the head office.
0: He did say that, and you know what? He's not wrong.
1: Yeah, the more turmoil you've got in head office, the, the better your team goes. All right, sorry guys, that's it. If you want to tune off now, that was the highlight of the round before, before we get on to the next seven games. So next up uh, on the Friday night, first up on the Friday night was the Cowboys versus the Panthers. You actually predicted that this would be a close game and you were absolutely right for the first two minutes until Brian Teo scored.
0: What, too, just after the kickoff?
1: Just after the kickoff and, and the, the the Panthers then proceeded to put 26 unanswered points on the Cowboys. And I'm not sure we can read too much into this because of the golf between these teams the Panthers won their 14th in a row and claimed the JJ Gilton shield for only the third time in their history the last two times they won they ended up they, they won the minor premiership they ended up winning the grand final that was in 91 and 2003 so it bodes really well for them Kikau and Luai were great for the Panthers uh, but but they put the cue in the rack at 26 0 right so Kickow particularly had something to prove against his old club um, for the Cowboys, the co- the season can't end soon enough. I mean, there weren't a lot of positives to take out of the game. I- I've got a question for you, but first, what do you think of this game?
0: Like you said, I think y- your comment about the golf between the two teams is, that's what it was. It was just a, I don't, it wasn't a training run, but the Panthers were just way too good. Kick-Out just terrorised their defence. Poor Dejan Arcee playing in the centres. Still a rookie practically in first grade. Just got us. <laughs> the.
1: Yeah, imagine that. Imagine Kikau running at you. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. I mean...
1: What would you do if Kikau ran at you? Just in the street. As, you, as, you, as you're filling up your car, Kikau just at full speed running at you at the petrol pump.
0: I'd probably just leave the car there and take... i <laughs> move out of the way. <laughs>
1: I reckon he'd chase you down.
0: Oh, he would. He'd chase me down. I think what I did like from the Panthers, though they showed their full variety in attack. Early kicks behind the line. If they rushed out in defense, they put the kick behind them. Crichton, the basketball skills were really evident. Jumping high, his hands, his offloads through traffic. I mean, I know... It- they
1: look as fantastic as they've looked every week, but you just can't... They, they Once again, they dominated field position and dominated possession like you you need to like I said last week I don't think they need a loss but I think they need a hit out they need a team where the possession's 50-50 the territory's 50-50 and they need to gut out a win at the moment they're just blowing teams off the park
0: they are it was one of those games where you know 26 nil like it could have been 50 you know it could have been um, 50 oh they put
1: the Q in the rack once it got the 26 nil they were just they were just like let's not get hurt I, I guess for
0: me my highlight tee from the game was um the pass from Crichton Three guys on him, clearly sort of looping around, and then his pass inside to Naden, who then cut back inside to create the support. 20 metres, wrong, you know, running to the passing to the wrong side, just right on the money, you know. Um, there, there was support and def- there was sorry, um, cover defense there, and it was just executed too well, but too easy, just total golfing class like the teams are so far apart it was just like you say i don't know what to take of it just watch a couple of good tries and that's it you know
1: i mean the amazing thing about the panthers is they've done it whilst being 600 grand under the salary cap because they're still paying for regan campbell gillard wonga blake and a a couple of other players they're getting 100 grand from manly for api corosau but they've had to effectively do this because of their salary cap position they've blooded these youngsters and the talent nursery out there so good that they've got players coming through now apparently over the next this summer and the next summer the salary cap gets tighter and tighter so some of these players may end up leaving players like matt burton now if i'm Parramatta, which we're going to talk about next
0: mm.
1: i would go really hard at matt burton because he's going to cost you less than mitchell moses and i think his game probably stands up under pressure a bit better than mitchell moses which we're going to yeah, get
0: to too good i think your point was an interesting one around the salary cap. It's forced some of this stuff, but it's turned to magic. Absolutely.
1: And and, it's, and it mirrors very much 91 and 2003 when they won it with a lot of homegrown talent, right? That's the way Panthers win premierships. So the, the question I've got for you is about the Cowboys. And we spoke a little bit about it, you and I, on the weekend. What is going on in North Queensland when in the space of two or three years, you let Kalen Ponga and Kikau go? They're both juniors, North Queensland juniors.
0: I don't know. I, I thought about that earlier in the year, and I thought maybe there's something that I'm missing, or maybe there was something that happened in the background, or they got off, got an early offer from some of these teams. But well, they might
1: have just paid them. I mean, you ended up paying Valentine Holmes in a stupid amount of money.
0: Pong is better. Always, of course,
1: has he's been. better. And I'm not. I'm not. By the way, I'm not sure that Valentine Holmes's best position isn't winger. Which, if it is, he's getting paid about 600 grand overs for the wing position.
0: I don't know, because if you look at Kikau, and and especially Ponga, you'd wonder why you wouldn't just think these guys are going to turn into something special. We're paying them regardless. I think it was, look, my, my guess, and I don't know, is that they, they won the comp in 2015. They did make a grand final a couple of years later, but they had some of those veterans in the back row that were there that had done the job in the past and were sort of blocking, say, Kikau's path. They had Tour Malolo as well, so they probably thought we don't really need him. Um, or they told him to bide his time and we'll bludge you slowly and the Panthers are probably gone. Here's the money.
1: Can I pick up the Tao Malolo point? Completely different players. Totally Kikau different play-
0: players. Kikau yeah. plays
1: on the left edge. is a battering ram through the middle. So he might he, he might have thirteen on his back, Tau Malolo but he effectively plays as another front rower. The completely different. If if that's what they did, if they thought we've got Tamalolo, we don't need Kikau, then they're not watching footy.
0: Oh, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of because I don't understand it myself. Because if
1: because if you've got Kikau, Tamalolo, and and Kalen Ponga, I mean, notwithstanding Kyle felt hasn't made a tackle in three years, like. You, you know, you've got you've got the basis of a really good side. You've got you really do have the basis of a really good side. So, but I, even I don't their
0: cent- even their centres, like even the knights, like I look at Tuala, Tuala I think's got a lot of potential and talent.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's done really well this year.
0: And they went and signed Eason Masters because they're missing a centre. But you already had one that's just as good, if not better. It's really... You have to really ask some questions.
1: Well, so what I think is happening with some of these clubs, and this is this is where the transparency in American sports, and we've spoken about it before, helps. In American sports, you know how much they're getting paid and you know who their agents are.
0: Oh, oh yes, yes. The agents, I think, have a big...
1: Yeah, they do. Of course they do. Of course they do. And, 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 and there's... Seven agents that control 90% of the talent pool, right? So you, you don't know what's going on. Like, like there's a lot, of, a lot of rumors and, you know, Shane Flanagan's reportedly really upset with Wayne Beavis because of the way Ant- the whole Anthony Griffin situation's been handled. Anthony Griffin and Shane Flanagan both have Wayne Beavis as a manager. So there's conflicts of interest all over the place with this stuff. Isaac but
0: Moses is one.
1: Isaac Moses. There's a lot of rumors around Isaac Moses. Yep.
0: Mario Tartak is another one as well. So there's a few.
1: Yeah, I, th- th- there's a few of them, but I just think, I, I just don't know. It's just really bad roster management. It's just really, really bad roster management, I think, in, in North Queensland's case.
0: I think so. And honestly, I don't think a lot of teams have found that balance between, I guess, T trying to win now and also blood some of the youngsters and, and sort of bring them. Is that move. why you guys let
1: Morgan Hunter go? Oh, Morgan, I did it again. Morgan Harper go.
0: Like I said, they probably thought he was Morgan Hunter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we had to bring back. I don't know. I don't know. But some players, coaches maybe have a particular player in mind or a particular style of play, and then they're not interested in even looking, like you said, at what they've got already. I think
1: what separates the really good clubs, like Manly of Manly, like Melbourne, like the Roosters... From the rest is that they do they do plan longer term. They do plan three four years out for what their roster is going to look like and how they manage the cap and those types of things. I don't think they do. I don't think some of these clubs do that. I think they just they just play they just do one year at a time and they're trying to maximize the number of wins in each year rather than planning over a period of time. I mean it doesn't it doesn't always work out right. Melbourne Melbourne look fantastic, but Branko Lee on, on that right and edge is just him. he's terrible.
0: I think, it look, that point that you bring up, I think it's an interesting historical... Um, there's interesting historical research. If you go back and look at the Roosters, say, after they had that sort of golden period with Ricky Stewart for three or four years, where they were phenomenal, they kind of went through this process of trying to buy players in all the time, despite having all these gun juniors, that they never really gave a shot. I mean, Jamie Soward went to Penrith and the Dragons. I mean, he won a comp. He was un- incredible in the reserves, But he never really got a shot because they wanted to win now. And I think under Robinson, the club's changed. They're not really buying. They're buying... They're buying
1: differently. They're not buying... Yes.
0: They're supplementing what they got. And the players they're buying now are making the team better rather than, oh, this guy's had a great season. Let's go get this bloke. Which is what they did for a few years. And since then, they've basically been a contender every single year without fail. And there's new guys just, like you say, stepping up every week. Young youngsters, so really solidified their plan and looking to the future. The Roosters, so and you can see the difference, they're just like a machine every year, totally different.
1: Okay, so moving along to the next game, the Eels game that was this was the second game on the Friday night, the Parramatta Eels. The mighty Parramatta Eels defeated the Brisbane Broncos 26-12.
0: I think they've um, gone back down to the Eels after the last few weeks. The mighty has been dropped.
1: What? I, yeah, the mighty might have been dropped. I mean, uh, they didn't look fluid at all for me, the Eels. Junior Paulo's ball playing makes a massive difference. I mean, there was a lot of sets he was standing at first or second receiver. Now, that... That suggests some problems in the halves when, <laughs> when he's your first or second receiver. Not that he can't do it. He's great at it, actually. And he brings a different dimension to the attack. But it also means he's not getting you your meters because he's the one in the back line pl- ball playing. So I thought Parramatta didn't bend the middle before they went out wide. I, I said that to you. They, they spread the ball wide without earning the right to go wide. Some of the catches from Mike Acevo and Blake Ferguson made Mitchell Moses's passes look good. They weren't good um, Parramatta lacked fluency for me. Mitchell Moses is really struggling. He's goal kicking from the right side of the field. I don't think he's made one in like 10 weeks. Um, and, and, and you know, he's really struggling in attack. Some of his cutout passes were made to look good by Sivan Ferguson, as I mentioned earlier. There's a lack of confidence and fluency. It's not bang. Here's the call. It's not, it's not, he's not doing that like what he was doing, snapping the team forward like he was earlier in the season. I think he's missing Dylan Brown there on the other side of the ruck. Despite this, Paris scored five tries. Um, Reed Marnie was brave but it wasn't his best game. He is clearly still injured um, and he didn't have his best game, right? So Clint Gutherson was fantastic. And, and if we didn't have Clint Gutherson this season, you know, I, I actually think we probably slipped to sixth or seventh in the latter. Um, Blake, Blake Ferguson and Ryan Madison also played well and, and, and that was their f- best game in a little while for both those players. For the Broncos, Dave Fafita was good until he got injured. Um, and, and it looks like he's going to be out for origin as well. And Katoni Staggs was good at 58 after Tyson Gamble went off in the first mis- minute with concussion. I mean, Katoni Staggs, Payne Haas have just been the shining light for the Broncos, and since Peter Gentle, since Anthony Seibold's left and Peter Gentle's taken over as the interim coach there, he's done a really good job with them. They're, they're having a dig every week, and interestingly, up until a few years ago, Peter Gentle was actually the assistant coach at Para, so he, he knows Parramatta really well. What did you see in this game
0: same thing um i think your comments about the lack of fluency with para is interesting and moses oh, what i i saw with para is they're, they're pressing like they're really trying to kind of attack and they're really pushing it but they're not they're, they kind of lack a bit of confidence it's like they're trying to make things happen but it's not it's not really working it's not working well so your 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 comment about fluency is right like moses was pressing he's trying to go over the top constantly they're trying to force the space so I would describe it differently.
1: I agree with that, but I think I think what they're doing is play it. when 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 your team is in a form slump, sometimes playing ad hoc razzle dazzle football doesn't help. I actually think what Brad Arthur needs to do to get to to have the team start finding form is actually just do a bit more like the old Melbourne and Roosters stole. I'm not saying block play after block play, but s- simplify the game for Mitch Moses. If we're in this field position, this is what you run. Second tackle, this is what you do. Third tackle, this is what you do, and do a few of those. And I think that because what they're doing is they're trying to play off the calf and spreading the ball wide and then spreading it back to the other side. And I think teams have gotten wiser. And I think they're just not executing as well either. So I think to get a bit of confidence back in the team and, and, and fluency back in, you almost need the rote learned set plays to try and get them back into a bit of form. Once they get two or three tries that way, then you can, the game starts opening up for them. But, you know, the way they're playing, hopefully the semis comes towards them. And what I mean by that is typically the scoring drops in the semi-finals, so so the, the games become tighter. They become the defense becomes more and more important in the finals. But hopefully that style of football comes towards them. But if if teams score 20, 24 points on Para, I, I don't at the moment I don't know where the points are coming from.
0: Again at the beginning of the year I would have thought yep yeah, no problem. My thing was that Para can score on anybody, but I've, I've changed. I think Mitchell Moses like you he's lacking confidence. All that stuff is he just. It's like he's trying to make things happen. He's not believing that they're going to happen. And I think your, your point about maybe trying a few sort of, I guess, rote-set plays probably is a good idea. Um, but he's, he's definitely lacking confidence. Um, Fafita, again, another one of his Hulk tries where he's throwing people off. Stags was really good at 5'8". Poor Tyson Gamble. Excited to you know get a, a good run in a game and then gets knocked out in the first minute, unfortunately. And I think Gutherson was everywhere. In he was He was popping up. Without Gutherson, I don't know if Para, you know, wins because I think that that field try where that loose ball and he scooped on it and raced away, I thought the Broncos felt like that they could probably win that game.
1: I don't think we would have lost the game, but there's, there's no doubt we're not playing with confidence. You know, the other thing about Mitch Moses is there's always something every year. You know, every year with him, there's when he was at the West Tigers, when he's at the second year in a row at the Eels, there's something always holding him back. And so he, he's, I don't know what it is, but he's 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 at risk of not fulfilling his potential. And I'm not sure his game holds up under pressure. So, you know, like the great thing about Cooper Cronk, he wasn't the most natural halves in the world. He taught himself to be a great half.
0: He did. He definitely did.
1: But his game didn't crack under pressure.
0: Not at all. He, he was the exec- executioner. Like he would execute... Correct perfectly under pressure i saw that in a grand final right it it was interesting because seeing that live under that pressure in 2012 in that grand final against melbourne i mean they dominated us right but there was a kick that they scored off in the corner and i can't remember who it was their winger but if that ball was a meter higher he doesn't score Kronk put it in the perfect spot where the person had momentum charging onto the ball and everything he did was just perfectly done. Did he dominate the game? No, but he just executed everything almost perfectly. He was...
1: And the other thing is, I actually think for Mitchell Moses, Andrew Johns is the wrong coach. And I'll tell you why. Because he was an immortal and it came naturally to him. And he's he's a fantastic player, there's no doubt. And he's a great coach. But Mitchell Moses is never going to be Andrew Johns. A better coach, a better halfback coach for Mitchell Moses is actually Matt Johns, who wasn't as talented as his brother, but had to work hard to learn the game better. And so he can impart that. And that's what he did to Cooper Cronk, right? And so I actually think, controversial, I know, I'm not sure we can win a premiership with Mitchell Moses' halfback.
0: Look, I have faith in him. I I do like watching him play when he's on song. But I do think we... I agree with you. I think he's lost a bit of confidence. I did see a couple of flashes of the field, Gutherson, Marnie, Moses' connection here and there at times. It's a good sign. But whether that's going to develop in the next couple of weeks, I don't know. But Para really needs it to happen. It can't just be Gutherson popping up everywhere trying to win the game. So, look, they won the game. I think the Broncos at times believed that they could win. But, you know, all they can do is win, I suppose. But there's, there's a few question marks before the semis for Para. definitely. They need Moses confident. They need him confident.
1: It was the worst attacking performance for five tries to two. You've ever seen it, just it didn't look like a dominant five tries to two performance. Not at right?
0: all. That's a, that's, prob- that's probably a comment that sums up the game. It, it was a right. five tries to two domination, in inverted commas, but really, when you're watching it, it didn't look like that.
1: We need some, I guess, we need some polish in finishing off the game. And I think we've got to earn the right to, and this is where having Junior Paulo as your ball player is sometimes a problem because you actually need him to make the, the, the bend the middle so you can get the ball out wide he's got lot. enough and
0: heft to bend anything mate. he's in <laughs> you well we're gonna
1: go through our team of the season but he he, he, he might he might be my prop of the year
0: oh, I think um, my coach of the year is Jimmy Dimmick <laughs>
1: he is okay. he's been sacked by the Titans and he's still coach of the, coach of the year so moving on to the Super Saturday games um, first first up was manly versus the Titans the Titans won this 42 24. Tommy Turbo was back for the Seagulls' first game for him since round six. Um, when they scored early against Jam- Jamal Fogarty's right edge, I thought Manly had come to play.
0: You've got me focused on Jamal Fogarty defensively. He's got a lot of work to do. I like Jamal, but my God!
1: But but I was I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, you know that that first try, Daily Cherry-Evans, set Jack Gasiewski over. I think I've pronounced that right. But but Manly then fell asleep, literally, literally fell asleep. Tommy Turbo chased the kick into the in-goal, and then he forgot he was fullback, decided to walk back. Young Tonumapea takes a quick tap from the twenty, and and then Tommy Turbo is just like dawdling back. He passes to AJ Brimson, who steps tap Marty Tapau. And goes eighty meters to score. I mean, it was just—it's not a try that a team paying attention concedes. that summed up Manly.
0: It summed up Manly's day, but that was the start. It was just—he ran up, and Brimson. You know what I love about Brimson? He's always in attack mode, and I think he's brilliant at that. He's opportunistic, and he's always looking to attack. You could see him running up and looking around. As like Tana was taking the tap, and then he just went for it. Um,
1: he, if I was if I was Titans, I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking for anywhere for a fullback. I think AJ Brimson's the, the the one there. The second try for them was then Jamal Fogarty set up Corey Thompson with that rainbow pass, who did well to score, didn't keep his feet in play. Uh, and then yeah, when then Mapea Cherry Evans to score. And then, and then scored from dummy half after Corey, after Corey Thompson took an intercept and the game was over at that point. I thought, Uh, you know, and other than a 90 meter chase of Tremaine Tremaine Spry, Tommy Turbo had had an absolute shocker. When he hurt his shoulder, when he injured his shoulder and had to go off, you question why they picked him. I mean, I don't understand why they risk Tommy Turbo. You got, you're not playing for anything. You're not going to be in the eight. If it's for Origin, Origin six, seven, eight weeks away anyway. Whether he plays a game or not wasn't going to make a difference to his Tommy to his state of Origin selection. So, I don't understand the rationale of picking Tommy Turbo. Man- Manly did put some respectability on the scoreline in the last twenty minutes with with G- getting his double, and Curtis sirenan putting Cherry Evans over. But Manly were terrible. And since round six, they've only beaten the Cowboys and the Dogs. The Titans have won four in a row for the first time since round three to six in 2014. So wow. it's been a long time.
0: That is a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So
1: they've been bad for a long time, right? And I thought young Paya, he's going to be in our conversation for the center of the year as well. AJ Brimson and...
0: Young Young Pay is getting better and better every week. Better and better, like, right? He's, he's been playing really well.
1: And, and Corey Thompson was great on the wing until he got hurt as well. AJ Brimson had a fantastic game for for Manly. J- Jack Kasiuski, I've pronounced him three different ways now. Curtis Syrinen and Daly Cherry Evans um, had a mixed night, but but kept kept trying, right? And he missed he threw a couple of intercepts and missed a few tackles, but but he kept trying. He's always at the centre of everything they do. Well, Manly, um, you know it was it was a was another game where it was over after the first half really what did you, what did you see here
0: G? I think the same thing it was good to see tommy turbo back but the turbo sputtered um, it was, was terrible spl- spluttering it was um yeah.
1: he wasn't competent he wasn't in nick you know i don't know why they played him i don't i don't know what you got out of playing him
0: i agree with you he doesn't seem to have a purpose they're out of the semis he's coming back from a major injury do you rest him? But then again, it's a little bit of if you're fit and you want to play, we'll pick you. There, were, there was there were flashes. I mean, his chase of Tremaine Spry, you could see just what an athlete he is. And running into some of the holes, he's well, like he's just tall, well balanced, just so much speed and skill. But God, he's very injury prone, Tommy Turbo, like very injury prone. Um, so I'll go back to what you said. Like why why play him? There's nothing to play for. Like let him rest his his hamstring and everything in the next, you know, month or two. Makes no sense. I mean sense. that
1: shoulder injury was so innocuous as well. I mean, there was there was a, yeah. I didn't I didn't think there was much in it and that, and then, that, then they first they said it was a stinger and then they thought it might be more serious and I don't know what it is, but he's he's too important to that team to risk on games like this. Give him give him 4 months off and let him get get himself right 100%, let him come out breathing fire early next year for the season. It would yep. would have been my thoughts.
0: I think my other thought as well is that the Titans' attack—you can see—they've just got something going. I love the move of Peachy to lock. They've—they've created.
1: That's been about six weeks since they've done it, and they've looked like a different team since they since he's moved tighter.
0: I think what they've done—you know—we spoke about the thirteens in the different roles, and what they've done is they've gone back to the old ball old style,
1: old style ball playing lock. That's right. That's right, he actually he actually takes a bit of pressure off off the halves then, Fogarty and Ash Taylor.
0: Definitely, and you can see it. So now they've actually got three playmakers. They've got a guy that's running as like a loose forward and he's able to pass the ball out and they've got Taylor or Fogarty on either side of the field linking with Peachy. So it's making them more, I would say... De- I'm not going to say dangerous, it's making them more fluid in attack and they're, they're able to, you know, um, run their plays quicker and they're more um, fluid when they're attacking. Because
1: Tyrone Peachy's a bit bigger. He's ball playing at the line, whereas Ash Taylor and Jamal Fogarty, sometimes, you know, they're halves, they're, play, they're ball playing before the line, whereas Tyrone Peachy's going all the way in, stepping and then playing the ball right. And and that, that's, a, that's a dimension to their game that they don't have. Now, we mentioned it with Newcastle and Mitch Barnett, yeah, I know. I'm going back to one of my...
0: <laughs> We've all got our favourite players, but yeah, I know but, what you mean. But,
1: but, but ball playing at the line...
0: Makes a difference. It opens up space for It makes a else. massive
1: difference. It opens up yep. second phase play. And Tyrone Pucci's holding the ball in both hands. So he, he could run, he could pass left, he could pass right. I mean, there's a lot there. And he can kick. I mean, he can do a little grubber yep. and those types of things, right? So very dangerous player, and I think the move to lock was great.
0: I think it's made a massive difference. I love the way you see ash taylor with one of these kids that had so much pressure and potential I mean yes he was getting paid on a big contract but he's really playing with a bit of joy he's got a smile on his face which is great to see i think holbrook's been a great coach for him i think um, holbrooks
1: holbrooks my coach of the year
0: but i will say that fogarty and ash taylor They've got to fix some of their defence on the fringe. Really? What gave it away? <laughs> I'm, glad
1: you, I'm glad you've worked it out in round, round 19. After after 12 weeks of t- uh, of saying, have you seen it, you've finally seen it.
0: They, they can be attacked quite easily. It's just they're rocks and diamonds out on the on the fringe. They can make a great tackle and a great read, but a lot of the time they'll fall, not necessarily fall off, but they're just totally caught out of position, like totally.
1: I, I don't think the issue is reads. Like for Wonga Abra- Blake, it's reads. It's where's the ball going and doing the wrong thing. But for, and for Branko Lee, it's kind of both. He makes Wonga Blake look like Matt Cooper. But but um, for Jamal Fogarty and Ash Taylor, their issue isn't that, isn't the reads. I think they understand the defensive structures quite well. It's when they get isolated one-on-one against the bigger guys, they're just not physical enough to, to make those tackles. And so And so what typically happens when you have halves like this is they typically bulk them up so that they yeah. start making I those hope, tackles. I, but, I hope they don't. But they lose a yard in attack, right? Now, Jamal Fogarty, I don't think, that fast to begin with, given he got chased down by Josh Papali. So, bulking him up might not matter.
0: He's pretty jacked. Like, Jamal Fogarty's like got rippling muscle everywhere. So. Yeah, but I mean,
1: he's, he's 85, 90 kilos, right? The, yeah. the, these edge back rollers are 110, 115 kgs,
0: You mean he right? can't just smash kick out who's 120 kilos running no, Well, no, but,
1: but, but when you've got someone on your inside that's big... And you got a center that's solid as well. They're like back rollers as well. You, if you can get numbers into the tackle, you slow and, them down. Or, yeah, or, or if you can slow them down long enough for the defense to correct and, and get another body in there, that's okay. Like that, that works. But it's where they they typically what what attacks will do to Gold Coast on Jamal Fogarty's side is they'll run one block play. So they'll they'll run one decoy runner, and then what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the second roller on his inside shoulder T-
0: to hesitate.
1: To, well, to actually go in with the decoy, yes. and then what you end up happening is all the help's gone. Then for Jamal Fogarty, yes. right? So he's one on one, and so that's 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 typically the way they're getting over them. And Daily Cherry Evans did the same thing. It wasn't quite a block play, but it was a short pass. Gasiuski running at a million miles an hour, and he just couldn't hold him in the contact.
0: Yeah, it's look. I think there's room for improvement, but their attack is coming along, and I love Brimson. I mentioned earlier, I just love. He's, um, he, he, he's an attacking player all the time. He's always looking to attack. Other fullbacks and other players are like happy, like I've said before, you know, to have a scrum off a drop ball. He's always looking for the space and the opportunity to attack. And he's explosive. He's very well rounded as a fullback. He's got good ball playing. He backs up well, but he's got good close footwork in tight spaces, like a little bit of Tedesco. But he's also got that explosive. Speed and acceleration too, and he can outrun defenses. So he's he's actually really well balanced as a fullback. That's kind of it. Tremaine Spry, I think, has got a little bit of potential. He's carrying a bit of pud because of COVID. It's hard to you know all these COVID stuff sort of messed around with players' fitness a fair bit. But he's got something as well. I think the Titans' great win. They were too good for Manly. Manly just yeah they were too know, good. Really disappointing too. Like just terrible. Can,
1: can I tell you why I think Justin Holbrook's a good coach? Because they recruited Corey Thompson as a fullback. They bought him there to be a fullback. He was, the sh- he was the Tigers player of the year last year. He went there to be a fullback. Now, what what's that got to do with Justin Holbrook? He wasn't playing well at fullback. A.J. Brimson was. A lot of first-year coaches would have succumbed to the pressure and said, I'm paying this guy a lot of money to be my fullback. I'm going to persevere with him. But Justin Holbrook went, no, nah, you're a winger, and I'm playing A.J. Brimson at the back. Now, I'm not saying they start that way next year because might. I, I don't know what's been promised behind the scenes there, but... The fact that he had the courage of his convictions to select what he saw in front of him suggests to me that, you know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a keeper.
0: You young Payer, you know, back from a Mormon mission for two years, which is where he went, because if you notice, he was playing for Melbourne and he was sort of up and coming for a bit and then disappeared for a while. So to see him come back and actually start to get better and better every week it's great to see and you know so but yeah great performance by the Titans good to see him win four in a row keep it keep it up
1: okay and and the middle game in Super Saturday was Melbourne versus the Tigers this was an interesting game although a blowout in the end uh, the Melbourne left edge of Olam Munster and Addo Carr killed the Tigers right edge of Joey Leilua Nor- Norfoluma and Benji
0: how bad were Norfoluma and Leilua Honestly,
1: oh, look, both both were terrible. Both of them were terrible. That right edge, gee, you are noticing the defence a bit more. This is why Madge wants to get rid of these players. I mean, they, they, they're just not. The, the defence is woeful. There, Northalluma. A lot of people are talking about or- Origin. He's a terrible defender. You can't pick him in Origin. You can't. I mean, he's not even going to be one of my wingers of the year. I mean, I was thinking about it today. I mean, yes, he scored tries and his finishing has been absolutely superb. Hard runner of the ball, all that stuff. But his defense is real rocks and diamonds. And Benji and Joey Lailua weren't great in defense. The The, the Storm were up 32-10 at halftime. Six tries to two. But the, but the Tigers did trouble that Melbourne right edge a little bit. Um, Jerome Hughes was has been great. And I, he didn't was think sensational. He, and I didn't think he was going to be at the beginning of the season. He's really won me over as a halfback. But the Melbourne system, right? Josh Reynolds and Russell Packer were terrible. That <laughs> There was a lot of negatives on the night for the Tigers, even though they scored 22 points. Sofa Solomona really targeted poor Harry Grant, but Harry Grant was tough and he hung in that game. So that, that bodes well. Melbourne's defence struggled in the second half, as it did the previous week. And in the end, the Tigers put four tries on them, including getting back into the game early in the second half, right? They scored the first two tries in the second half, and they got it back to 32-22 before Melbourne kicked on. And in the end, it was nine tries and 50 points for the Storm. The Storm had 44 tackle busts and 10 line breaks. This is how bad the oh, Tigers' yeah. defense were. I mean, it's just This terrible. is
0: what I was going to say. You said the Tigers are getting back in the game. But honestly, watching that game, there is absolutely how? no how? way. Yeah, it's how. It's like it was so one-sided it wasn't funny so the fact they actually got back to that
1: they can score this is what i've been saying to you they can score g it's not that's not the issue for them the issue is not scoring M- maybe they need to concentrate and switch it on the the on-offs which maybe is a problem but attack wise it's not an issue for them
0: They got they it, got it, good attacking ability they do
1: that it's just defensively they can't they can't beat anyone at the moment. They can't beat a brown paper bag at the moment because they're there's they're so bad in defence. Jerome Hughes, Cam Smith, he has been playing out of his bloody skin the last few few weeks. And I'll tell you where he's good. Cam Smith is almost like a halfback at Hooker.
0: Oh yeah. He's a he's an organizing halfback at Hooker. Well
1: well no 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 more than that. No 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 more than that. I don't mean it from an organizing perspective because most of the hookers do organize their teams but but the ball playing. So what? I'm, Melbourne score more tries through the middle of the ruck or the middle of the field than any other team in the comp, and the reason being is, is Cam the
0: Smith thigh is as big as most front rowers
1: Tino and all those guys. <laughs> but what what Cam Smith does
0: yeah, is yeah.
1: he gets the ball, takes two steps to the right, giving his runner time to hit the line at pace off the right shoulder, and then what he does is even if they bring him down, then they go again. And he does, and, and eventually they break the line, right? Particularly against these weaker teams where they're not as committed in defence. So
0: he creates space very, very well, even subtle half-back, space. Halfback, yeah, yeah, it's
1: almost like a halfback from hooker. He was, he was, he was really good. And I know they've got it, you know, like an abundance of hookers there. But geez, he's playing really well. Nico Hines. I mean, he's going to be their winger next year, right? They're losing Ado and Vunavalu. He'll be in the starting lineup next year. With with Pappenhausen at fullback and Josh Haddokar were great for the Tigers. Harry Harry Grant was fantastic and Josh Aloia were good and Adam Dewey tried hard. I feel sorry for Adam Dewey. He's been shunted around to center, five a fullback. They haven't given him a single position. Every single position he's tried hasn't always been effective, but he's but he's tried.
0: He Adam Dewey never gives up.
1: Never gives up. tries hard. Um, the Layluer's too inconsistent. Controversial opinion. I'm not sure you can carry them as a first grader anymore. I think I think they're just they were they're, they're not at the races at the moment. Now maybe they see something in training, whatever. But there's a, there's a pattern of playing now across a few different clubs where I'm I'm just not sure. It's too much rocks and diamonds when they're playing well, what they give you with the tackle bus and tries and the hat trick. But they're three games a year. So you're playing 20 games and three of them are good. You've got to carry the 16 games to get those three games yeah, out of them. Yeah,
0: but T, you know how it works, right? You're coaching these players and you see the ability and then you see these three or four games where, especially Joey Lailua, Lu- Luciano's still young, but Joey is so dominant and so... You know, just just so powerful, skillful, and then you think, okay, you're waiting for that to come again.
1: But it only, it only happens two or three times a season. I it's agree not... with
0: you. I don't. I think Joey Leilua has amazing skill, but he's so big now, and he just he can't keep up with the play,
1: mate. I mean, he needs. I mean, why is he so big? I mean, mate,
0: I don't know. Do you, he's they've got pro-
1: professional conditioners at these clubs. There's no reason anymore for carrying this much put. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe COVID, but
0: yeah, COVID's thrown some of that stuff out. Well, you know. th- well, the,
1: and this is why I think Para was good. This is why I thought Para was good out of coming out of lockdown. I think Para were fitter than the other teams, and I think as other teams' fitnesses have come up, Para's come back to the pack.
0: Very interesting point that one. That is a very because when I saw Para first up, they looked sharp straight away. That's a that's a very very good point. My my take on the game. I think again it's good to see the early kick as a weapon in a lot of these games like you're starting to see that every week where if the defense is rushing up teams are willing to to put the ball behind the line Did Jim um,
1: Dimmick give that play to the to the Tigers and the Storm oh, I
0: wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't surprise me
1: But I did, I did remember remember when we were talking about the six again and we were saying the six the the kick could be early in the tackle count could be a real weapon but it's got to be a yeah. set play
0: yeah and that's what's happening you're starting to see yeah
1: that's what's happening
0: and the good thing is teams are willing to do it right you're seeing it every week fourth tackle third tackle the try to Vunivalu was sensational i know um, it's a rugby
1: league podcast but any rectangular sport with a ball in it it's about space
0: it is always about space it's
1: about space it's where the space is how can you go and get that space with the ball to Dominate possession.
0: I think the more I see of... I'm going to call him Nico Smooth. That's my nickname for him. Nico Hines. He... I think that sums him up. He's just so smooth. Ball in hand. He plays like he's always got all the time in the world. And he just does the right thing all the time. He like ambles up. Then he'll accelerate. Then he'll... Like some of his... The way he scored the dummy. It was just so fluid. The ball he gave to Adokar to score for his first try was was fantastic. Adokar, Sensational. I mean, the fantastic Mr. Fox. How good was that second try, the swerve, the acceleration? Oh, yeah. And Adam Dewey, like you said, great determination. He could- chased
1: him down, one hand. The the boy tries hard. Like, you can't you can't fault him from that. And then, you know what? That's why Ma- that's what M- Madge Maguire likes about him, I reckon. Madge My Maguire right. goes, this bloke is trying his heart out every week. And I've got players in this team not trying... And, you know, Benji set up a couple of tries and those types of things. No one has ever doubted Benji Marshall's attacking ability. But, mate, 35, 36-year-old, you cannot be making 20, 25 tackles a game. I mean, it's just... It's, it's, just, hu- it's
0: hard, it's, right? And then the thing is, you know, he's not playing at the club. It's, God, you slip off even 5%. It's difficult. Defense is hard work. You know what I mean? You really need to... It's its the dirty work no one wants to do. It hurts. Um, I thought Jerome Hughes was sensational, and not because Melbourne won. No, he's been good
1: for weeks. He's been good for weeks.
0: You know what I really liked you this game? It was like he did the right thing every time. If there was he's space a Mel- to he's run, he's a Mel-
1: Melbourne halfback going back to yeah. Orford. He's like they—they have—they have this type of halfback that's smart, takes the wrong right option, and executes well. And they're the three things. They're the three things. You got to be bright. You got you got to read. So you got to be able to read the play and what's going on in front of you. You got to decide not do anything you don't have the skill set to do. But when you do do it, you execute it ninety nine percent of the time. And that's that's Jerome Hughes. He's he's come on. He's a halfback now.
0: And that's what it is. Like he ran at the right time. He passed at the right time. Kicked at the right time. If there was space, he challenged your line. And he was, he was really good. And for the Tigers, I just thought they were ordinary. They really were. Most of the team, I thought, was ordinary. You know, a couple of performers, Harry Grant. I think Alawai, Alawai tries really, really hard. Adam Dewey, like we say, um, he never gives up, regardless. Watching Josh Reynolds, again, former Bulldog, you know, he wasn't the most talented guy in the world, but what he had was fire, and it's kind of, you see, it's not there.
1: Mate, him and Russell Packer, I mean, they they weren't they weren't at the farm.
0: Um. <laughs> Look, I, I will give. I think it was Warren Smith the best call. He called him the Hot Chocolate Brothers or something like that. <laughs> Did he? The way, yeah, the great. He the- <laughs> they left at half time to get a hot chocolate. Fantastic call. Fantastic call.
1: Warren Smith, in my opinion, best caller in league. Uh,
0: I'm. Uh, You're an Andrew Voss man. I'm an Andrew Voss man. I turned off him a little bit at at Channel Nine. I think he's gone back to Fox. He's 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 gone back to. Um, the vo- uh, his absolute best. His, his, I like his I like great. Warren
1: Smith and Brandy together. I think they they're a good combination.
0: Yeah, I like Brandy. Um, so yeah, mate. Um, just looking for, forward to seeing Melbourne in the in the semis really
1: what about what about when uh when uh, craig vellamy gave gave cam smith the finger that looks just looks like a team that's having fun right like a bit like the panthers
0: yes and it's you think you just see that and you think you know what it's such a melbourne thing like it'd be like yeah i bet you're gonna like they're just that camaraderie there you yeah. can see and
1: it's like the gnt it, show when you're not on
0: are you are you giving me the finger are you no <laughs> like, no the camaraderie you know, i was
1: talking com- about yeah
0: oh okay I th- one thing about the Tigers that I'm a bit worried about in the next couple of seasons... With one thing?
1: I could give you 20 things that I'm worried about with the Tigers the next few seasons.
0: No, this is a very major one, right, in terms of just overall motivation, in that you're telling me that these guys aren't Magic Maguire players, but the thing is you can't turn over the whole team. So well, how many can. of them are not Madge McGuire? Team? Well, can, you can Like 12 yeah, you players? He's going to get rid of 12 guys?
1: Well, he doesn't need 12. You've already said he's got three players. Luke Brooks comes back into the team, depending on what your views are on Luke Brooks. You, you got you got, you don't need the whole team. They're not Canterbury. They don't need the whole team turned over. But the problem is they've got five or six holes there. Now, J- James Tarmow coming in, you know, there's, there's some things there that they, they're going to have to recruit. It's not going to happen in one season. It is going to take two or three seasons, but it's not a whole team that they, they need to recruit.
0: Okay, fair enough. I just thought you know it's an interesting couple of seasons coming up with some players not being match players and still probably in the team.
1: Well, I just and I think for them, just the salary cap, they've got to they've got to try and somehow offload by Packer and Josh Reynolds because it'll free up. I reckon it'll free up about two million dollars in the salary cap. That gets oh, you a easy.
0: Lot. Easy.
1: If you go ahead and get three or four of the right players, like that makes a big difference. That's a big chunk. of... Of the way to turning that club around,
0: oh, and Leilua would be on pretty good coin too, considering his performances for Canberra and uh, his reputation. So
1: you lose too much in the seventeen games for those three brilliant performances. I agree with you. So, okay, mo- moving on to the last game of Super Saturday, Roosters versus the Sharks. The Roosters had James Tedesco, Boyd Cordner, and Jake Friend being res- rested. I think uh, Taki Iho was being rested as well. Um, and so they naturally won the game by 16 points <laughs>
0: against the Sharks. It's kind of farcical <laughs> at this point, isn't it?
1: They're really good. They are looking really good. The loss came at a huge cost for the Sharks with Sean Johnson rupturing his Achilles, Royce Hunt dislocating his knee, and Josh Dugan getting the flu and hurting his knee. Um, the, the like Without Sean Johnson, that's game, set and match for the Sharks this season. They'll go out first round, I would imagine. Depending yes yeah you know, if it's Canberra they might have a chance against my eels because they can't score but
0: no chance no no Sean Johnson they, they
1: but if won. it's Canberra they'll they'll go out first round Mitch Orbison broke the roosters games record making his 303rd appearance passing Anthony Minicello on 302 and Luke Rickardson on 301.
0: I have to say fantastic congratulations Mitch Orbison I actually love Mitch Orbison I think he's a he's a fantastic player and until do you? Recently, I do yeah
1: I think he's a trier. I think he's a trier. He's a great clubman. Every club needs it.
0: I don't mean fantastic as in, you know, really upper-class rep player. I just think he's one of those players that's Mr. Fix-It. And until recently, I would say incredibly underrated for the job. Well, that well he's and
1: for the salary he gets paid, you know, because they, got to, they do have to make all these roles fit within, all, all these people fit within a salary cap. He's probably playing, he's worth more to the club than what they're paying him. Because of that, because he's so consistent and, and, and those types he's of things. He's
0: always consistent. And I think as that fringe back rower, defensively, God, he was really, really good. Really yeah,
1: good. Yeah, so, so congratulations to him. He got a double, as did Luke Keary. But, mate, um, the
0: first try, like, he just ran through Sharks plays watching each other. Like, I mean, he ran a good hard line, but everyone was just watching each other.
1: So I mean, like, I don't what think what the Roosters it? were at their best. But I never thought they were going to lose either. I mean, a lot of the Cronulla Sharks fans have come out and said, oh, yeah, before Sean Johnson, you know, we were looking really good. And The Roosters were still up by 12. I mean, (laughs) I didn't think they were ever going to lose the game.
0: I don't think they were looking good. I think Sean Johnson and that were threatening a little bit, but the Roosters were totally... Some of the defense against for those tries was... They're not there.
1: They're not there. The Sharks had more possession, won the penalty count 5-3 and won the set restarts 9-1. Um, but but still lost the game. Where the Roosters won it, though, is in the play of the ball. Crucially, they were able to slow the Cronulla play of the ball down more. But the, the Cronulla's play of the ball was 16% slower on average than the Roosters' play of the ball. So all these teams have different styles of defense. Now, the Roosters have a very tight defense, but the Roosters' defense begins in the ruck. Whereas Parramatta's is much more of a condensed line; it's not one in the one and lost in the ruck. So they're different styles of defence, and I think that made a huge difference. And you can see the Roosters' machine starting to get into semi-final mode. Right They're they start; they're focusing on making sure the playable the balls aren't too quick, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Joey Manu was great at fullback. Uh, um, and so you said he needed a big game I didn't think so but Joey Manu I, just, I love him I think he's a great player and CSC for Talakai continued his barnstorming form I look at that bloke and I go he is the definition of barnstorming
0: he's um, I, I really like him I think like I said I, I'd like him to to go a full off season with some really good training
1: they got some talent there though right the Sharks they got they got Talakai they got the wingers Mulatalo Katoa and yep. Katoa that that are, that are great. Um, Sean Johnson, twenty-two tries. This is leading triesists in the comp this year. I mean, they, that's that's four or five players that you know are quite good. Yeah. Now they need a fullback.
0: Yeah, I, look, I, I think Kennedy's got some ability, but honestly, I have.
1: I couldn't tell William Kennedy was on the field <laughs> on the, on 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 the weekend.
0: William Kennedy had an ordinary game. Oh, look, my thoughts on this game were like you say, it's the Roosters' machine. I wanted Manu to have a big game at fullback because he talked about wanting to be a fullback.
1: He came up through the fullback. Every time he's played fullback, he's played well.
0: But um, I think an example of Cronulla not being in the game, I mean, he's tried. He just like, because he wanted to score, it had some determination. There was four or five guys there. And he just kept on going and they couldn't stop him. They they weren't quite there. And um, I think they dominated possession. Like you say, Cronulla, they, they couldn't score. The Roosters too good defensively. Too much commitment and desire in defense, you know. I think Sonny Bill adds something very different to them playing in tight. He gives them another.
1: There's not many ball players through the middle, right?
0: No, and it's very natural ball playing, so it gives them a different look, which, if you think about their team, it gives them something unique. So it was great to see Sonny getting better and better, but the timings and the speed of the Roosters' attack with Kiri. And just the way they create space where there doesn't seem to be much. They're so well drilled. It is machine like, and they're just, it's like they all hit the ball at top speed. They're always running fools, and it's just really difficult to stop. Cronulla's fitness, mate, Cronulla's fitness is a real issue with some of their forwards. Some of the gaps that they leave.
1: This is from a dog supporter whose prop forwards play 36 minutes a game.
0: So I know all about what lack of fitness looks like, believe me. (laughs) I could pick it. Just yeah, too good. I liked Isaac Liu, another another good game. I thought Kiri was was fantastic. I think I
1: Isaac Isaac Liu has is having an underrated good season.
0: Yeah. Kiri, fantastic, too good. Manu, very good at fullback, um, enthusiastic, you know, heavily involved and just too good, mate. And honestly, I was devastated that Sean Johnson got injured. I didn't want to watch after that.
1: Is that your new cat in the background, meowing?
0: It is. I do, I have a cat, so... Um, it's, G's G's bought a, a cat bit, today. You know, it's a little bit unsettled. I
1: suggested the name Cleo after your car.
0: I would. Can you just give people my address?
1: Well, they can tell by the noises. <laughs> There's a cat sound and lots of cars go past, so they think you're um, at Brighton.
0: But you know what? One thing about Cronulla is they seem to have a lot of injuries. Like, is there something to do with their training? Like, since Sean Johnson's gotten there, it might be age, but his body shape looks a bit different and he's basically been breaking down ever since he's gotten there. Hamstring trouble, you know, Achilles now. Like, it's all kind of somewhat related, right? So I think Cronulla needs to have a look at if some of the, the way they're training some of their players, if it's causing injury or if...
1: But they're not. they're not soft tissue injuries. They're not soft tissue injuries.
0: They're not, but... You know, like you do your hamstring, your biomechanics change, you're, you're, you know, you're trained differently. They're trying
1: to get rid of Moylan, right? That was the article in the telly that they're trying to get rid of him. No one is going to pay 800 grand a season for Matt Moylan.
0: After, look, I used to love watching Matt Moylan play but after his last performance, I wouldn't go anywhere near him either. Absolutely, no, I mean, you would not. Well, it's
1: not that you wouldn't go anywhere near him, but I'm,
0: I'm, no, no,
1: if you're the dogs and you can get him for four or 500 grand, that's, that's for two seasons, that's worth a risk. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. If I had the choice between taking a punt on Blake Green... Or Matt Moylan, I'd take the punt on Matt Moylan.
0: I would, but that's between Blake Green, but then I look at that money and I think I can get one of these younger halves that I hope can develop and the potential.
1: It's not either or, but what I'm saying to you is you've already recruited Blake Green.
0: Yeah, I know, he's there. So,
1: so I mean, my my view would be if you can get Matt Moylan for 150 grand more, and he, and he might get injured and he is injury prone, and he might only give you 10 or 12 games a year, but... but that's probably worth rolling the dice on, given where you guys are at. But not 800 grand a year, right? No one's going to give him that sort of money. Moving on to the Sunday games, we've got the Raiders versus the Warriors first up. The Raiders, this was a tough game of footy. Um, Really enjoyed this one, although I know Ricky didn't. He said it could have been a game of rugby union. It was just different to the rest of the round. It was a good Antidote to the rest of the round. There wasn't a blowout. Both teams tried. Todd Payton has done a tremendous job with the Warriors, and this is why he got the gig with North Queensland. His skill set fits North Queensland perfectly. He'll give them a bit of toughness. They'll, they'll try for him. If the Raiders beat the Sharks this week and Para lose to the Tigers in Benji's last game, which is both feasible, the Raiders will leapfrog Para into the top four. The, the Warriors open the scoring through an inform Peter Hicku before the Raiders hit back through Jared Croker, who then had to go get a HIA. I thought we might be in for an upset when Jack Whiten went to the bin. And I know Ricky got up in arms about that. Uh, and Hiku then got a double while he was off the, f- the field. And and then Semi Valamai intercepted the ball and went 90 meters to score. And I thought, hold on, this could be, the, you know, this could be, it could be on here, but then...
0: I think, I think, T, that changed the game. It did
1: change the game. The Warriors they, they,
0: should have scored there, and they messed it up. It should have been 20-6, to six and that just changed the momentum.
1: Raiders won 12-6, against against, and they only had 12 men. When, when the Warriors had the one-man advantage, instead of winning the scoreline during that period, they lost at 12-6. Then they scored that great try before halftime to Hudson Young, and, and they yeah. actually won that 10 minutes 12-6. Fantastic. In, in the second half, when Valamai got his second and Co- and Kotrick scored one in the last 10 minutes, the game was over. Elliot Whitehead moved into the halves after George Williams had to go off because of a head knock in the first 10 minutes and played an absolute blinder. He was fantastic. There was also footage of him throwing up, which wasn't as fantastic. Jo- Jordan Rapana nearly broke John Bateman's elbow. Jordan Rapana's a bit... He's crazy, man. <laughs> he, he is crazy.
0: Say, I think this summed it he's up. Like,
1: he's, he's like Kabikaze on the field, Jordan Rapana.
0: He's like Taz. You remember Taz? Yeah, he's
1: like that. He's exactly like that.
0: Buzzing around, hitting things. That's Jordan Rapana.
1: And for the Warriors, RTS went off in the second half with what looked like a hamstring injury, but but could just be, I want to pretend I've got a hamstring injury so I can go home to my family a week early.
0: It wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. It, would, it wouldn't. I, and yes. I, don't, honestly, I don't blame him either. I really don't. I, I think...
1: He had a he had a newborn, just a newborn when he first came yeah. across. So, I think he was. I think someone in the press they were reporting it's three, the, the baby's three or four months old, and he's only seen it for the first week or something. So, I think I think he's keen to get back home, um, but a tough game. I know Ricky and Graham Annesley spoke for the first time since the six again call at last year's grand final and all this sort of stuff. Ricky does this all the time before to big fire games. Up, fire up his team. Remember, remember, he, flew, he he had a go at the NRL through Paul Kent about the buses, and then they started flying to away <laughs> games in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. He's doing it now about the refs. I mean, this. I uh, call me a cynic, but I just think this is a deliberate ploy to put pressure on the refs going into the semis.
0: I would, I would agree. It seems very deliberately timed, and to probably fire up his team, get them, you know, me against the world type of, you know, attitude, they're coming into the semifinals. And Jack
1: White's penalty for being inside the 10 was a line ball call, I get that, but it was repeated infringements, and it just so happened that Jack White was the last one and he got the 10, right?
0: And that's what it was, like, they, they kept on doing that, and then it's like, someone's got to go to the bin. Otherwise someone's got to go to the bin, that's that. right, that's exactly right. So, exactly I've got no right. problem with the refs doing that, I think it's actually great. All right. So unless we've got anything more to say. Yeah, I just I do think that Rapana added some punch for the Raiders in the centres. Well,
1: he punched Jane Bateman in the elbow, so is that what you mean?
0: But um I think he gave him a little bit more um pace in the centres rather than, than Curtis Scott. Curtis Scott's a good player, but I, I feel like Rapana gives him a little bit of a more a, a dangerous-looking right-hand side with him and Kotrick, so... I thought
1: Kotrick was quite good as well, so... Is he really going to play centre for you guys?
0: Well, apparently so, so I'm not really sure. Who knows what the club's doing? Let's just find out. I've got no idea. It's, um... And Jazz Tavanga. if there's a melee or some kind of drama... Oh, he's, he's, right, in the he's right in the middle of it. He's right in the middle a, of it. He's a fiery little, um... What about
1: the one with Jake Murchie?
0: Oh, mate. He used to play for the Raiders, right? Yeah,
1: he did. But but you know what it was? Did you see the footage? So John Bateman from the second row was pulling his hair.
0: Oh, me uh, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's it's you got to watch the game closely for some of this stuff that goes on. It's uh, the English players; they know how to do the niggly stuff.
0: Oh, the English the, players are yeah, niggly. the old fashioned niggly yes, stuff. Yeah. Yes, they are. It's a little bit of that, you know, and you get that in football too. You do, yeah, you do.
1: Even in our thirty fives comp.
0: Yeah, we play with a lot of guys from England. They're a bit niggly. Um, so, yeah, Raiders, I think it's a good, good hit out before the semis, I think. They they could have lost that game. They hung in and changed the momentum with some tough plays and um, ended up winning. So, yeah, it was a good, good win.
1: Moving on. Okay, moving on to our last game of round 19. Uh, what a magnificent game of football this was the Newcastle Knights versus the St George Dragons. Newcastle won 42-18. It was Newcastle. I've got about three bullet points about this horrific game of football. Newcastle Old Boys Day. They should make every week Newcastle Old Boys Day because they never lose on Newcastle Old Boys Day. What well, I did I did deep analysis of Saints on this game and have concluded they were dreadful. Chris Chris Randall Got through about a billion tackles, and Kalen Ponga were good. Tuala and Safiti as well. They, they had some good performances the Knights. The, the Saints conceded a lot through the middle. It was very, very, very soft defense. Zach Lomax is the shining light, and, and in my opinion, their player of the season, about the only good light. And Newcastle had 60% possession and 77% territory in the second half.
0: That doesn't so, surprise me. But no, mate, it was just...
1: And, and after Newcastle scored the first four tries unanswered, uh, the rest of the game was a procession. Like, I mean, I, there was, there was, Saints were, I mean, that was, that was really bad. I mean, it was, look, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And me, me, came out and said Hunt and, uh, Corey Norman need to go. And you know what? He's absolutely bloody right. They need a, fr- they need, they need a fresh start somewhere else. It's not that they're not first graders. It's not that, but, that as a combination, that's not working.
0: It's not. I think I've put as much effort into this analysis as the Dragons did in that game on the weekend. Like you said, some of those, the the Saifidi tries, Randall just carving, carving them up through the middle, just, they just weren't interested at all. But it was all um, through the middle.
1: It was all through the middle. Yeah. They weren't moving up as a line. They weren't. Nah. Chasing kicks. The way I saw that t is terrible. that some no wonder, some No players, wonder Dean Young goes, I'm going to North Queensland. I don't want any part of this. And, and what does Anthony Griffin do to turn that around? I mean, that's effort and trying and...
0: My take on that simply was some players turned up to play and others didn't. Yeah,
1: I think that's right. I feel sorry for someone like Zach Lomax. I mean, I just think... I think he's been really, really good. Breakout season for him. He could be he could be in the origin squad, the twenty seven man squad, right?
0: I think he'll get picked. He's highly rated. Um, but he always was. He was their gun, you know, youngster coming through the ranks as well. And strangely enough, he probably was there for the taking for some other teams if they were they wanted to get him. Um because he wasn't really getting a fair run and being mucked around in different positions. I reckon they'll the get trigger. their
1: chance if the Saints keep playing the way they are. They'll get another chance at it. But they're 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 another one. This is where if you spend your salary cap on the wrong players, it's really hard to turn it around.
0: Well, it is now, right? Because I think the, th- the problem you have now is when you're trying to poach these guys like Hunt or a Norman, you got to pay the big dollars. And if it doesn't work out, no one wants to get them now.
1: Yeah, they will, but you, the Saints will have to subsidize their salaries. No one's going to pay Ben Hunt $1.2 million a year.
0: No chance. And you get put in a position where if they, you want to get rid of them, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll pay him $300. So he's still paying 700
1: well, I've been critical of Mitch Moses. What's Mitch Moses on? 750
0: I think around 8 Yeah, 750 800 or something like that. Yeah, say
1: $8. Look, I'd take Mitchell Moses for 800 over Ben Hunt.
0: I wouldn't even think twice about it. Wouldn't even think twice about it. Okay,
1: so so therefore another team for a good half like Ben Hunt, who's state of origin, can play hooker as well. What's the most they pay for him? $600, $700? So, so Saints are going to have to subsidize his salary by half a million bucks.
0: They won't do that. You're better off keeping him. He's stuck with the contract, exactly. So I think there's a
1: lot of things wrong at Saints. And I wonder if they don't re-sign Jack de think I think they should have let him go to the Warriors. I mean, who knows whether he'll be playing or not. But I think they're in for a rebuild.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, look, any time on the weekend the Knights were direct and ran at the line, it just holes opened up everywhere. It was just a poor performance. Although, I do you think Ramsey, the winner, has got a little bit of something. Um, he does. Shown, he does. He's shown, a, he's shown a bit in the in the last couple of games. So
1: hard to tell though when the nothing's on the line and the team's not trying and all the all, you know.
0: It's but you know what the bad thing is too when you get youngsters coming in in teams like that.
1: No, oh, they're going to learn
0: bad habits. Yeah, it sometimes it really impacts them, and it, it impacts their confidence. So hopefully not. I, I, I kind of it seems to have a bit of fire, but um, yeah, Dragons pretty ordinary. It'll be interesting to see what they do this week.
1: I mean, you thought this game would be close. I thought Newcastle had paced them. I yeah. did. I, I could see this coming. I could see the Saints t- curling their toes up.
0: I, I 36-6, and honestly, it could have been 50. Easy, 50-6. to The Dragons decided to score a couple of tries at the end. The I mean, fortunately,
1: they've got an easy game to finish off the season in round 20 against the Storm. So, so okay, let's, 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 let's not dwell on that terrible game of football. movie. That concludes our review of round 19. The last round of the regular season before the finals is round 20 and we'll do our quick preview of those and next week uh, we've also got our teams of the season so we'll we'll, we'll look forward to those I've already started penciling in some roles I'll tell you the role I've struggled to fullback of the year if you go through it there's about seven candidates for fullback of the year I've got a favorite but we'll save it for next week but that's
0: that's a hard one because I think there's quite a lot. Of, I wouldn't say someone's had an outstanding season that's above everyone else. I think you do? I think
1: there's one. I think there's one, but but we'll we'll save it for next season. We'll but have, there's been a week. lot
0: that have had good seasons. Well, that's there's right. That's right. I
1: don't. I think fullback is the best it's ever been in the comp in the 150 years. I don't think the fullback depth has ever been as deep as this. But anyway.
0: We've had this discussion, I think that's a, we've had this discussion before and this was when we were, we were breaking down Meany's potential, right? He's tall, angulates fast, he can play, but then when you actually said, hey, okay, where does he rank with the fullback? You start to realise how deep it is. It's like, well, actually, maybe he's probably the 10th, 12th best fullback or 13th right
1: Nick Meaney is in my shortlist for the jersey flag player of the year unfortunately he's 24 okay
0: maybe we'll win something we should put some overage players in there what do you reckon that's right yeah that's right <laughs> like, like like Ghana in the youth cups Yeah, yeah that's right
1: round 20 the last round of the regular season. First up on the Thursday night, we've got the Queensland Derby. The Broncos versus the Cowboys. For your sake, I hope the Cowboys win. They're a $1.85 favourites. And Broncos have got a one and a half points start from Sportsbet. I think the Broncos is going to get him.
0: I'm worried they do, but I really want them to get the wooden spoon. And I'm, so do I. I don't know I'm who's going to win this. I reckon it actually will be close. But the Broncos have actually been playing better.
1: I agree. Well, and you know, you, know, you know the hard thing about picking round 20? I suspect there could be a few upsets because teams may be resting a few players. So I think
0: there's going to be a few players rested. and look, But not in the
1: Broncos versus Cowboys games because it doesn't actually mean anything.
0: Darius Boyd's last game, I think, you know... Actually,
1: Darius Boyd's last game was about two years ago, but, but he will be turning up <laughs> for the Broncos this weekend.
0: They've just been wheeling him out, have they? <laughs> they have um,
1: weekend of Bernie style. Him and Tim, Tim Lafai. I think I think the Broncos will get him. I I think Katoni Stags may be the best player on either team.
0: I have look. I think Katoni Stags is going to have a blinder. But please, Cowboys, we need to give the Broncos a wooden spoon. So you know what? Rise up for this Queensland derby and knock them off. You got to do it.
1: They they need a win, right? The Broncos. So all right. Next up on the Friday night, first up is the Titans versus the Knights. The Knights are $1.60 favourites. The Titans are $2.35. The Titans have, they were three and a half. They've gone out to four and a half now. Start on sports bet. I think the Knights might rest players.
0: I don't think they will.
1: I reckon the Titans, what have they got to play? They can leapfrog Souths.
0: Yes, and I would because then you play Cronulla, who are gone. So you
1: think they'll they'll play the full?
0: I think they will because they rested Ponga, and I think now he's back. They want to sharpen their combination again.
1: They're in sixth place. They can't ta- overtake the Raiders, but they do need to hold off the Rabbitohs, and the Sharks can't catch them. So, that, irrespective of what happens today, they're playing Souths. So I reckon they'll rest players. So it's whether they play. It's whether they play at ANZ. Or play at McDonald Jones. That's what they're playing for, effectively.
0: Well, I suppose. Well, I mean, what's the difference now? Your home crowd's not there. That that's at McDonald Jones, and we don't have COVID. You got a 20, 25,000. Yeah.
1: So I think that I think the Titans might be a show, depending on the team they pick.
0: I think the Titans. Look, I, I'm in love with the Titans. I think they're they're fun to watch. I like watching them play, and they actually are playing better and better. The Knights. I don't know because the Dragons was was so bad, and they looked really sharp, but. I don't know <laughs> because if both if
1: both teams are at full strength, I think the Knights will get them. But but I think if the Knights rest one or two players, I don't. I think the Titans are good enough to get that game. And it's and it's a, it's a it's on the Gold Coast, so I just wonder if the Knights don't want to travel either. So
0: yeah, look, I think the Titans are going to get them this week. I think the Knights don't really have that much to play for, and I think the Titans will beat them.
1: Okay, the the eight pm kickoff on the Friday night is the traditional derby. The the foundation club, Souths versus the Roosters. The Roosters are a dollar twenty-five favourites. Souths are four dollars. Wow. Souths wow. have eleven and a half points start on sports bet. Eleven and a half. That's how just just so I remind people, Souths are in seventh position and the Roosters are in third. This is what the bookies reckon is the gulf between the third place team in this comp and the seventh place team. Two converted tries and a dollar twenty-five favourites.
0: You know what the weird thing is? Ordinarily, yeah. I'd really be looking forward to this game, but look, they didn't turn up against the dogs and they might have taken them a little bit lightly. But the Roosters have just been I don't know. I can't. I think they'll beat them. I think they'll cover that head start.
1: Oh, you think you think that you think of more than 12? Yeah, I think the Roosters will get I up really as well.
0: Do. And I think the Roosters will make a statement in this game. Tedesco will be back. Souths are always up for this game. They are. It's a big game. And Cody Walker will be fired up. He loves these type of games. I think when the the, the big games are on, he, you, you see him play with a real fire.
1: He likes this game in particular.
0: And I, I, I love watching Cody Walker play. Um, I just think the Roosters, mate, they're just... It's like every week they're fine tuning something else, and they rested players last week, and really they, they wiped the floor with the sharks. So
1: moving on to the game of the round, which is the Super Saturday first first game of Super Saturday, the Bulldogs versus the Panthers.
0: Look at the odds.
1: Have you? Can you see it in front of you? The Panthers yeah. are a dollar a dollar eight. The Bulldogs are eight dollars. The dogs have eighteen and a half point start on Sportsbet. More than three converted tries <laughs> start on the Panthers. But the, the Panthers are going to rest everybody.
0: I think this is the game where they will rest players because they But you don't know want Nathan Cleary or regardless? anyone to get no.
1: to get hurt. No. I mean, you just, you just, you just, if I was the Panther, if I was Ivan Cleary, I'd rest everybody for this game.
0: Well, he will. I think you will give Burton a run. He'll give um, Tyrone May a run. He'll give, Del- you know, Malachi probably with Tinny Zelezniak. They'll give Charlie Staines a run out. They've got yeah. Dean Vare, they'll probably sharpen up some of their, um, give some a little bit of match fitness to some of their reserves just in case, right? So I think the Panthers definitely will rest players because there's no need to play them.
1: I think the Bulldogs will come in from $8 and I think that point start will come in as well. So I don't think it'll be, I don't think they're going to beat you by 19 points.
0: If the Panthers rest everybody, you know, rest their halves, like Luai, Cleary, you know, they'll probably give Tamao a run out. You know, he's an older guy. It's good to have a break.
1: Yeah. It could be closer than people think. I mean, if the, if the Panthers play with four players, you'll win this game.
0: I don't know. Phil Gould might make up the numbers, but they'll probably still beat <laughs> us. Phil Gould. Mate, that, gr- that grudge that he still holds you, he'll do 45 tackles He could, he could. I,
1: I, I would not want to run into Phil Gould in a dark night with low lighting. <laughs> no. He'd be like the guy out of Goonies. What, Chunk? No, the other one. You know, the other one with the deformed.
0: Oh, what's that guy's name? Is it Sloth? I can't remember.
1: It's Sloth, that's his name. Good call. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next game, which is the Sharks versus the Raiders. Uh, the Sharks are $4, and the Raiders are $1.25. The Sharks have 11.5 start on sports bet uh, Unless the Raiders rest players, they won't. They've got something to play for. I think the Raiders will get it easily.
0: Yeah, I agree. No, look, yeah. Sean Johnson's out. Um, the confidence would have taken a hit for the Sharks. Um, the Raiders... If they win, they could crack the top four, and that's going to be vital. So they're going to go hard at this game, and I think the Raiders will win and win comfortably too.
1: Well, and I think so. That means the last game on Saturday night—it's a big game. Parramatta. If if you're right, Parramatta will be starting that game in fifth position. They're a dollar twenty-eight favourites against three dollars seventy-five for the Tigers. It is Benji's last game at, for the Tigers. It's at Bankwest, not at LyCART, which is which is a shame. But but the Tigers have got a ten and a half point start. I'm, I'm nervous about this game.
0: I would be, because you know you've and we've had a disagreement about this that the Tigers. I think most of it is attitude in defence, and then when they have to score, they score. But they can score points. They can, right? We just we've just sort of disagree on the reasons why they come about in terms of attitude and stuff like that. But the Eels have been struggling, and against the Broncos. They really struggled to score, even though they scored five tries. And that sounds like the dumbest thing to say, but...
1: It didn't look fluid. It didn't look fluid. Yeah,
0: if they don't put the Tigers away, they could be in a bit of trouble in this game. No, I don't, I don't, you think, don't think you want to... So?
1: No, I don't think we want to... I don't think it matters whether we put them away. I think I, we'll take two-point win.
0: But do you think they can hold them off if the Tigers just go stuff it? It's our last game of the season. Yeah, yes. Because the, the, yes. the Paras' defense is great. If we can hold the doubt. Panthers
1: great. off, we can hold the Tigers' attack off.
0: I think I'm finding it difficult because I, I'm sort of looking for power to improve their attack, but their defense is superb. And
1: I mean, th- think of all the possession the Panthers had on us and they could only score 20 Oh, that points. was
0: just, that was an unbelievable game. Um, okay, yeah, you've got me. I think the Eels will, will take it def- because defensively, I think they'll be too good.
1: But I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be 40 points or 20 points or anything like that. So oh, They
0: should just run at Marshall and um, Leilua. They might score 40 points in the first half.
1: Might be one of the games where he's playing well, right? So I don't... Well, the other the other centre is Chris Lawrence.
0: Oh, he got towed up against Melbourne as well. He's just too old and not as agile anymore. Well, and he's not a centre. He's not a centre anymore. He's not 18. He's not 18.
1: And Chris Lawrence, I think this might be his last game as well. So...
0: It is. Yep.
1: So moving on to the Sunday games. So the eels for both of us on the Saturday game against the Tigers. Moving on to the Sunday game, the Warriors versus Manly. Uh, The Warriors are $2.45, Manly are favourites at $1.55. I don't know how Manly are the favourites here. Uh, The the Warriors have got four and a half points start. Uh, Did they watch the Manly play last week?
0: I did, and I'm picking the Warriors.
1: Yeah, I think the Warriors
0: will get this as well. (laughs) Honestly, Manly were, they could score here and there, but they were terrible. The the holes in defence were like, I don't give a shit, I'm not chasing back type of holes, you know?
1: Both these teams. I mean, Des Hasler said after this game it was embarrassing, and he's right. After the last game against the Titans it was embarrassing, it was. So,
0: so is this so, a is this a game of who's going to just care the most? Who wants to go home? It's going to be hard most. for, but yeah, who wants to go home the most? Like, I tell you what, it's a
1: good test of Todd Payton's coaching, though. This is a game that they could absolutely just lose forty nil, right? Because they've had enough; they've been away from home. But if he yeah. can get them up and they win this game, that's a good sign on his coaching, man.
0: Well, listen. I agree. Oh, that's a great point, and look, I'm I'm still got the man crush on Cody Nikorima, so I think I'm tipping the Warriors.
1: Okay, great.
0: Man of the match, Cody.
1: Okay, great. Well, they're they're a bit like um the Gold Coast halves. They are. They, they look great yeah. in attack, and they are just woeful in defence. <laughs> like they don't want to tackle. All right, moving on to another close game, the Dragons versus the Storm. The Storm <laughs> are at a dollar seven.
0: Nine dollars for the Dragons. Nine dollars.
1: Saints have got 17.5-point start on Sportsbet, which is the second longest start line for the round behind the Dogs at 18.5. I think the Storm will win this, and I think the Storm will win by more than 17.5 points. If I could put a bet on the Storm scoring 80 points...
0: (laughs) I think this purely comes down to whether the Storm are going to rest any players or not, if they don't. I think it's 30 plus. I really do. Because the Dragons are just, not interested. They just are not interested. They are
1: just not interested. All right. So, guys, that concludes our preview of round 20. Before we go, we've got a special treat for you. You you will remember from a few weeks ago the men of league. This is G's 18 most attractive players, coaches, people around the sport that he has man crush on. Um for our listeners, do you want to recap who's on your men of league at the moment? No, G?
0: I I will. I'll finish it off next week, but I've got a few additions this week. So, um, but so far we've got Sonny Bill. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we've got Vunivalu. We've got Sean Johnson. Yes. We had Lachlan Lewis because we need kind of like a boy band member. And we've got you have to right. You got Scott Sorensen.
1: I would have. I would have rather had. Wally Lewis.
0: Well, that's your choice. Yeah. He was a great ball player, apparently. And you've got Todd Payton.
1: And Todd Payton, just for our listeners, just pipped out Phil Gould and Wayne Bennett.
0: He didn't have much competition, let's just say that, (laughs) in the coaching ranks. Todd Payton.
1: Anthony Griffin didn't run him
0: close? No. No, neither did Wayne Bennett and neither did Ivan Cleary. What about Ricky? What about Ricky? Not even Ricky. No, not even Ricky. Look, it's basically him and... I don't know. There's no one else. Madge McGuire, nobody. So I'm going to add... In the men of the league. How many more to go? We're going to have a team of 18. So 17 plus a coach.
1: No, Okay, but how many have you got at the moment? I've got six. Okay, so 12 to go.
0: You've got the coach already. Yep. So Luke Brooks, he's definitely in.
1: I have nothing to say to this.
0: No. RTS... I just think uh, I just uh, think yes. I just
1: think the list has fallen off a cliff. How many of these people have AVOs out on you? I
0: think it's just, just four. Todd yeah, Payton. Uh, just Todd Wayne pa- Bennett,
1: Phil Gould.
0: That's why he's moved to North Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so we have got Ruben Garrick from the, the Sea Eagles.
1: Oh my god. Why didn't you just go with Brad Parker?
0: Ruben Garrick's a model. He's gotta have something going for him, right? Jesse Bromwich. Mm-hmm.
1: Have you, are you naming all these people in there, or is this your short list?
0: Yeah, no, no. we have got Jesse Bromwich. Um, Gee, we've got to
1: save some material for the summer. come.
0: On. Oh, I've got to finish it off before the end of the season, though. You know, these guys have got to have some highlight, don't they? <laughs> that are out of the eight. And Nick Cottridge.
1: Okay, that's great. I mean, this is a... Th- all right, I'm sorry to our listeners. This has turned into quite an underwhelming segment, like the last few rounds of the Rugby League.
0: Everything's falling apart, isn't it? It's falling
1: apart. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where you're just... You're just plucking random names out of out No, of your, not
0: random. Not random. Of how, uh,
1: stalking people on Facebook.
0: I had to study this.
1: AVO's out. Have you been tasered like Curtis Scott? No. Out the front of Phil Gould's place?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. All right. It, it's more like the other way around. I think Phil Gould's knocking on my door. Is Phil Gould
1: got tasered out the front of your place.
0: He's angry, he's not on the oh, middle. Yeah, league.
1: right. I, I know which one's the more likely one. All right, thank you, everybody, for listening in. <laughs> and and, and we'll, 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 we'll be with you again next week. Where we'll have our team of the season. I just gave you the Bellamy. Is that what it's called now, the Bellamy? We'll review the last round of the season and uh, also preview the finals. So it's getting to the business end of the season. Thanks for being with us, and thank you, G.
0: Thanks, T. Um, look forward to breaking down the finals preview next week. Take care.